for listening to this podcast. I'm Liz Casanova, a.k.a. Sophia, and I want to help stimulate your mind and soul. I'm not a guru or one of them woke kids. I'm just a former journalist turned spiritual enthusiast. I don't want to get political or stand on some high moral pony, but, like, it's not easy. And I'm an 80s kid. There is no value in pretending difficult subjects don't exist. Let's talk. Let's think. Let's drink some tea, even if we disagree. You can listen to Sophia on Anchor.fm, iTunes, Spotify, and new platforms to be announced soon. Thank you for listening. I know you have many choices. Whatever you did to get here, thank the universe. to me. Um, It's been a little while and um, I felt like it was time to do another show and I will have some guests in the future. I have some people lined up who want to join in on the conversation. But today I kind of wanted to do a little solo thing and um, what you just heard, it's a little garbled and may be difficult to hear and I will have a transcript online of that in case you couldn't understand what was what that audio was but um, that was actually an audio of my father Sergio was his name and um, he passed away in 2015 but um Years ago, I'd say maybe 2006, 2007, I'm not sure of the the actual date, Um, my sister's ex-husband, my sister's husband at that time, did an an interview with my dad and it ended up being like a two-hour interview. And I never, after my dad passed away, I started listening to it. But then I got so emotional that I couldn't get through it. So I only probably listened to maybe five at most 10 minutes of it. And then I was like, I can't do this. But um, my dad's um, passing the anniversary was on June 3rd. And I thought, well, maybe I think I'm ready to listen to that. But unfortunately, I can't find the the CD. So... (laughs) I'm kidding my my ex brother in law to help find it and send me the audio. Um, I'm not sure who 
he said he he had it on an old recorder and the recorder it's not compatible with his computer anymore because it's been so long that um but he's going to try to see if he can find it for us um so that being said my sister sent me that clip that's the only thing she had and I don't know if you could hear it but when um Eric my um ex-brother-in-law. I don't like to call him ex-brother-in-law because I mean, he's still family. I feel like he's still family to me, you know, and my sister and him had like three kids between them. So it's, it's just weird to say my ex-brother-in-law. I mean, he's still my brother, right? He, um, yeah, he, uh, he interviewed and, and got a real in-depth kind of philosophical, from, I mean, from this clip that we heard, my sister only had this little clip and you can hear him, Eric asking, um, what do you hate? And my father just said, I don't. <laughs> and he, uh, he said, nobody's worth my hate. They're worth my love. And when I heard that the other day, I just, I felt like it it was a message to me now because I feel like in this past year where there has been so much, there have been so many challenging things to my own faith and my own spirituality that to hear him say that I don't hate, nobody's worth my hate. It just, I felt like he was reaching out to me and in, in the other world and saying, no, you're getting it wrong. You're focusing on the wrong thing. And, um, so Father's Day is this month and I feel like it's, it's a nice little tribute and it's a nice little exploration because, um, I think my father was an amazing person. He was a tough person. He was a military guy. He had fought in the Korean conflict. You don't call it the Korean War because technically, uh, still going on. <laughs> it's not. It's not officially called the Korean War. I think it's. Um, but that's neither here or there. You know what I'm talking about. So he, he didn't volunteer for it. Um, a little back story of my dad. He was born in Mexico. And then when he was young, he did the migration to America. So he, that was like what, in the late forties, maybe, um, sometime in the forties, he hitchhiked, walked all the way from where he was from. in I think it was Jalisco, Mexico. And he made his way to Texas and through Texas did um, some work up there, somehow ended up in Chicago and met and married his first wife, who was German of German heritage. And they had um, a child. But along the way, um, since he was not legal, you know, and back then it was, it, I think it was a little easier to become a U.S. citizen. I'm not 100% sure because I don't know, but there still was, you know, discrimination and there was still, there's always a price to pay, which is fine. I think if you want to become a citizen of any country, you have to, you have to pay the price. You, it's, you know, there are no free rides, I guess. I know, I know that I can say that because I am trying to get my citizenship in, in another country. <laughs> dual citizenship, but still it's not easy. It's just, just because I'm an American, they're not like, Oh, I hear you can have it for free. No, it doesn't work that way. But anyway, so <clears throat> there was the Korean conflict going on and they were from what I hear the stories, the oral stories that have been passed down. <laughs> Apparently he was trying not to go to war because he's like, I don't have anything against the Koreans. <laughs> and, 
And, you know, I just want to work and provide for my family and make a better life for myself. Um, so, but they found him and they said, if you don't go, we're going to send you back to Mexico and, you know, there's going to be real trouble. So my dad went, um, and he was a communications officer and, you know, he didn't talk much about it when I was growing up. Probably he talked more about it when we were younger. And then when we got older, it's like he didn't want to talk about it anymore because, you know, I would ask him about it and he'd just say, mm, you know, he'd just change the subject or whatever. And I think like as he got older, maybe he started getting more memories you know, is a very horrific war. He once told me that it was probably the bloodiest war that was ever fought in the, you know, in that century. And it made me believe that he saw a lot of things that, oh yeah, you hear that ambulance in the background? He, um, it just adds to the ambiance. So he had a tough, he had a very tough life, you know, extremely tough life. And as soon as I find that audio, I would love to do something with it and just post it. I think he would have liked that because, um, he loved to share, he loved to share his stories. Now he wasn't as open with his family. And I think I'm not, that's not a criticism because I think people are naturally more open to strangers than they are to their own family. Um, so I think that's why the interview went so well with Eric is that it wasn't that Eric was a stranger, but it was, you know, it's different opening up to someone who like that instead of your own immediate family, because your own immediate family already has an idea of who you are. They already, they have you in a box already, you know, um, you are, you are different people to different people, if that makes sense. And to us, our dad was our dad and he had his role and, you know, he didn't, like to deviate really much from that. So it's not that he was just being dishonest. It's just that he, he knew his role to fulfill as a father and a husband. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I can't put words into his mouth. I just, these are just things that are, you know, from my personal experience, it's always been easier to open up to people. I don't know. Cause it's like, uh, if I tell them this and they judge me, oh, well, I don't care. <laughs> I guess there's also that fear of judgment. Um, not that I think my dad did anything bad in the past. I mean, I'm sure he had to, I never asked him if he killed anybody. That's kind of, I, I don't know. Like if I would want to know that, <laughs> Um, but anyway, this, I'm looking forward to getting that audio and listening to it, but I thought that you might en enjoy that little, that little piece. Um, he died when he was in his eighties. I think he was 86 when he passed away. And, um, it's just, I think what's underappreciated right now and what we really need in these trying times when we're all escaping by looking at our phones and social media and blog posts, we're being bombarded. Um, it's, it's also another reason why I've kind of not been doing the podcast and withdrawing. I haven't even been writing. I've been thinking of stories and I've been thinking of things that I want to write about. But when I actually... <laughs> go to my computer or, you know, get a piece of paper and start writing. Like, I don't want to do it. And I think it's because, I don't know. I think it's, this year has been so draining and it's, it's sucked. It's been challenging again. Like what I said earlier, it's been challenging for me spiritually. And before this, I thought I was like, Ugh. you know, after 
having the revelations that I had with ayahuasca and, you know, all these um, experiences that I had, I thought, I'm spiritually sound. Come on, test me. <laughs> and then the real tests come. And then it's like, uh, I'm just kidding. I just put everything back to normal, please. <laughs> That's not what I meant. And um, it's been really taxing because I feel like I'm living two lives maybe there's there's the one side that's kind of the matrix side and it's what we see every day and what we consume in the news and then there's the other side of me which is I, I don't know if I could call it the spiritual side or, or probably the the side that we don't see the, the invisible side and this is the side that um you know if you ever see the movie the matrix it's like what's on the other side what is it that we're not that we're not seeing who's moving the chess pieces what is the truth and what isn't the truth what is you know who are the liars and who are the truth tellers and it's really challenging us, I think, as a, as a species, even, because um, we can't. If there is a truth, is that a truth anyway? You know, um, because I feel like the, these whole eighteen months, I feel like I don't know what the truth is at all. I don't even know you know how to process all the information and everything that we've been we've been told and we've been put through now I do have thankfully this kind of rational side which I think is also important um what many people may not know is that I I'm actually an expert in my field. I know everybody's like, well, are you an expert? I studied, I've been studying media probably since I was uh, in junior high. So I was like 13, 12 or 13 when I, I was a journalist when I was 12. I was, I was on the school paper. <laughs> and so I feel that was the start of my education so that was Jesus years ago over Jesus way over 20 years ago. So it's, it's been a long time and you know, I've, I've had to work in, uh, print news, uh, online media, all the mediums like radio I've worked in broadcast. I mean, I I've done it all, you know, I've done hard news, entertainment news, and not only just doing the news, I've, you know, I have my, I have a master's in journalism. So I think I have a different perspective and I think I have to forgive people. I sounds very condescending. I know, but I'm not trying to be, I feel like I have to, I have to remind myself that not everybody has studied media since the age of 12 or 13 and that their, their perspective and that their, you know, where they're coming from is completely different from what I have been taught. And maybe I have tunnel vision, you know, maybe I do need to open up and just be like, well, you know, let me think about it from this side, which I try because I've never been the type of person who says, I'm only going to pick one side and I'm going to feed that side because I don't feel like there's one side or two sides. They say, oh, there's always two sides of a story. No, there's not two sides of a story. There is like a whole, the story is a circle. <laughs> it doesn't have sides. It's just, it's just so much outside of the circle and all this information coming from all directions, feeding into your brain. And what does that do to you? You know? And, um, living where I live in Ireland and here in Europe, the media is so, is state run. 
there are no... So the people who run the TV stations are also the same people who run the radio and the newspapers and and everything else. And I've I actually also had the chance... Um, um, I have a diploma in uh, media law here in Ireland. So I got to study that side of it, which is completely different from what media law is in the United States. Because in countries like, in countries in the EU and, you know, and now England, which is not part of the EU anymore, it's state-run media. And you, if you offer an alternative point of view to anything. If you question anything, you can get in trouble. You can legally get in trouble. If you post a tweet that says, you know, that says something that contradicts the narrative of the news. I I couldn't believe that because, and I think you appreciate the freedom of the press, the so-called freedom of the press, the press in America, but it's not like that anymore in America as well. I mean, it's not as bad as the rest of the world, but um, it's 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 getting pretty bad. And we've seen the censorship on Twitter and Facebook and all those social media platforms. Um, and to me, that's very disturbing because you know these are very hard topics to to talk about. I think, and I think. You think, oh, this is kind of a spiritual show. Why is she talking about this? We have to ask the hard questions because how are we going to challenge ourselves spiritually? I think, I mean, I could I could give you a soft, little lovey-dovey, woke version of my thoughts, but that's not, but if you want that, I don't recommend you listening to me because I don't, I want to explore the things that are difficult and that we struggle, that I personally struggle with, and maybe many people struggle with. So going back to the media, it was, I hate using the word woke, but it was an awakening because I thought, my God, am I, am I crazy? Because the majority of the people that I know, and I respect their I respect their points of view and I understand and I understand the fear. Excuse me, I understand the fear and I understand the uncertainty. I really do. Oh, what's going on here? Hold on. My computer fell asleep. I'm going to do something really quick so my computer doesn't fall asleep. That was weird. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, is I think the disconnect between me and the majority of people who are not questioning what's going on and allowing allowing the world governments to take their freedoms, you know, and in the state of emergency, I, I see, I don't know. I, I don't know. And it's, it's been so difficult to live this year because you have to be very careful and not insult anybody. But then if I have a conversation with somebody, they'll say, oh, you're one of those conspiracy theorists. Um, I think that's a little disrespectful because, you know, it's, it's, it's shutting down the conversation. And, um, and I think that's really unhealthy because what was the slogan of this whole thing when it first started? We're all in it together, but we're not, we're not in it together because the governments, it's so obvious they're, they're dividing us by, by race, by ideology, by religion, by everything. And it's that old thing, um, divide and conquer. I mean, these things have been written about from thousands of years ago. All you have to do is pick up a book and read history to see what's going on. 
<laughs> and to see how the intoxication of power is what's driving all of this, not health. I'll tell you because I'm very, have been concerned about my health for a long time. And that's why I eat as clean as I can. Um, I believe in plant medicine. I do. And, um, and so just because I'm not a doctor and by the way, I have worked in the pharmaceutical industry. I have worked, you know, in doctor's offices. I mean, I, one of, uh, most of the people who are very close to my family were all doctors. <laughs> I know that's a, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you're a doctor. No, it doesn't. But I am a journalist and I am an observer and I am a questioner. I I sit in the background and I look at what's going on and notice the things that that people may not notice and put things together that people may think I mean, I, it's, it's, it's really draining because I, f I feel like every day, all day, I'm putting dots together <laughs> and not only things that I read about in, you know, things that I read about in, on, on the internet or whatever, or do research, it's things that I remember from experience that I experiences that I've had and that I'm that I think, oh my God, how do I how did I not see that? There are some that I can't talk about because um I don't know, for fear of some kind of retaliation because this has to deal with people who are very high up <clears throat> and things that I remember and I've observed and I think oh, that makes sense now. But yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a coward. I, I don't know how to, you know, would people believe me anyway? You know? Um, but I think the saddest thing is that people, that people don't take the time, invest the time to question, to research, to read, to engage, to not shut down a conversation, you know, because I know growing up, this is such a closed world we live in now, because growing up, if somebody didn't agree with you, that was fine, but you were able to have a conversation with them and you were able to engage. I mean, I remember doing that and it was actually extremely stimulating to sit down and have a conversation with somebody who you don't agree with or you may not agree with or whatever, but you're having a conversation and that person is being heard and you're being heard and you're, and then you, that person may say something that you thought, Oh, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I didn't think of that. Like, you're right. Okay. And then you're saying something and that person's like, Oh yeah, I didn't think of that. You know, <laughs> That's interesting. But now it's like, if we talk about anything and the other person doesn't like it, they can say, oh, you're racist. You're homophobic. You're this, you're that. And it's like, no, you don't understand what I'm trying to tell you, what I'm trying to discuss, what I'm trying to get to the root of. The best conversations are the ones that are on topics that are not pleasant. You know, and that's where the discovery lies. And, um, as things start opening up now, I feel like people have lost that opportunity and they're just, oh, well, we just want to do this to, so we can get back to normal. Just do whatever you need to do, do whatever you need to do, because I want to get back to going back to the pubs and, you know, going on my holiday. And, and I just, I just, just take whatever you have, take whatever you want from me, take it all. I just want to be able to go back to normal. And I don't know, maybe I'm cut out from a different cloth or maybe, maybe I'm the crazy one and I'm willing to accept that. 
if I'm the crazy one, so be it. If I am the conspiracy theorist, if I am the one who is just insane and, and listening to, you know, maybe I am the brainwashed one. I don't know. I don't know. But something in my gut and in my life experience and in my knowledge of history, because they say history repeats itself, and my knowledge of history and of um, and philosophy and, and, and all that, I know that there is something... This is this happened for a reason and it's not it's to test us it's it's gonna sound really cheesy but i think this is not only a power grab but they they want your souls they want your souls they they do because that's the only thing that and i don't know how that can be obtained really and that's, it's very frightening. And that could be just turning everybody into monsters and degenerates. And, you know, I'm by no means clutching my pearls every five minutes to things that I, you know, I've, Jesus, I've lived a life, you know, that has been less than, um, maybe not, not to say it's not been honorable, but it's been when I hit rock bottom, I hit rock bottom and I do not judge anybody for their journey. You know, but I do know that there is darkness in the world and it's disgusting and it's ugly. I mean, when I think of, of children who have been taken, who have been kidnapped and used as slaves and, unimaginable torture to feed the monsters. You know, it happens. It happens. People can't say that's a conspiracy theory because it's not. <laughs> it's not. It happens. Um, and hopefully, um, I do know quite a few people that I would like to interview on these tough topics and how they came on to the other side and how we can help, I think. But that, that would be another episode. Um, but yeah, there, there's so much darkness. And I think these past 18 months, just seeing the ugliness, not only of extremely bad people that get away with these awful things, but just how people, normal people in everyday life and in general tr are treating each other, you know, because of the divide, the divide. So it's like, okay, if I don't want to wear a mask and somebody wears a mask and they yell at me because I don't wear a mask or if I wear a mask and, you know, or vice versa or people who don't wear masks and look at mask wearers with disgust and treat them you know, unkindly or vaccinated versus not vaccinated. And people have to get on there, you know, start yelling at each other. And I mean, I think it's an individual choice at this point, you know, because, you know, if you want to get a vaccine, get, get a vaccine. That's your choice. If you don't, I feel like it's your choice. Um, and the reason I think we're going to be okay even with variants and all these other things because is what this these 18 months have proved is that there is a an over 99% survival rate if you get it. So obviously you protect the demographic that is in danger and those are the you know, the elderly and the people who have underlying conditions that are really sick, you know, and, but beyond that, protecting them, I don't understand giving up. What, what is the point of living if you're going to live like this? 
I mean, take a really philosophical view. And I know, it, the let me tell you, the road to hell, this has never rang more true than now. The road to hell was paved with good intentions. And a lot of people, I'm not bashing people who wear the mask because they think they protect other people or get vaccinated or whatever. I don't because their intentions are good. But they're paving the road to hell. Because it's only been 18 months. And that's not long enough to know, you know, the side effects of a vaccine. Are they worse than the disease? I'm not saying they are or they aren't. I'm just like, these are questions people should be asking. And people should be asking, well, I know people who have got COVID, who had COVID, and they were fine. I know people who had COVID, and they weren't fine. So we have to step back and say, like, what can we, this is, a, here it is, here it is. I'm breaking it down for you, I, or I'm, I'm giving you what the root of it is. It's individuality. I'm not saying we can't take care of our our neighbors and our loved ones. I am not saying that we don't have a responsibility as humans to take care of our village. I'm not saying that. But I think it starts with the individual. It starts with me. It starts with you. It starts with each individual person. And I think we should have taken this year to say, how am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to protect myself from disease? How am I going to protect myself from fear? You know, because fear lowers your immune system. Fear is fear. Fear and stress is what causes disease because your body responds to the vibrations, right? And the lower your vibrations, the lower your, your body's just gonna, the signals that you're giving your body is like, just give up, (laughs) you know? And the higher the vibrations are, the more you, you, the more tools you have in your toolbox to fight things, you know? And there have been, experiments done. Don't you think it's funny how like the other day I, um, Googled like benefits of, you know, cause I'm really into just using natural things and I've, I've been really sick lately. I've had, um, this since I was a child, um, stomach, uh, problems with my stomach and my, um, esophagus and things like that. And I, I even had an ulcer when I was a teenager, but I don't like to take the medication for it because then you become dependent on it and it's not solving the problem. Right. And it's been a while since I've been sick. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to research natural remedies, things that will help. And one of them was apple cider vinegar. So we got some of that and I looked up the benefits, you know, I'm like, oh, what else does this do? And like each article, like WebMD and all these kind of medical, kind of like legit medical websites, they all said there have been no studies done. There have been no, the disclaimers, there have been no, or, or they say like, there's little research done on this. So every time I look up a natural remedy for something, whatever it is, the first thing that it says is there have not been any studies done or little studies have shown, you know, basically telling you. And and, the, and it just blows my mind. That That is so telling right there. That there hasn't been money 
poured into the these natural remedies that could actually save people's lives and that could really cure people of countless diseases if we researched plants minerals oils you know all these kinds of things but every time every time i look something up it says oh very you know oil i like to oil pull very little research has done has been done that it is good for your oral health <laughs> and you know why because there is no money. They, they would find the cures to all these things, but there's no money in it. The pharmaceutical industries, the pharmaceutical industry would suffer because they wouldn't be able to make any money giving people these poisons, these poisons, because these, because the medicine that is manufactured. And again, I'm telling you, I worked in the pharmaceutical industry. These medicines they're not medicines or drugs they just hide <clears throat> the symptoms if you have a headache it just masks it gets rid of the headache but it doesn't get get rid of the root of the problem right you're going to get a headache again <laughs> and you might get a headache again and again and again and what you're going to keep taking these tablets you know, same with the stomach thing. I'm going to keep taking Nexium over and over and again. But that's not solving the problem. You know, it's probably even more dangerous because the problem is growing inside of you. Yeah. When you have cancer, it's, it's, there's something wrong with your body. And what does chemotherapy destroys is a poison inside of your body. So... There are, um, there are healers that have actually healed these things and, you know, some of them have been killed if they speak up and some of them are just, ah, well, that's just a coincidence. You're crazy. I've actually known people who have, I have a friend that cured his, his mother if she had these tumors and the doctors told her, uh, you, you don't have very long to live. There's nothing, there's nothing we can do with these tumors because they're going to keep growing. So the son, who is um, a believer in plant medicine and his, he, my friend, he's gone to Peru and he's, you know, he's, he's been with the shamans and he's, he actually studies, I mean, he studies plants every day and he, I mean, he's not a doctor or anything like that. Um, but his mother had no other choice, really, because it's like, well, the doctors say, this is it. Like, what do I have to lose? So he um, he administered the frog, the sapo, for her, which is, you know, it's not, you know, even if it doesn't help you, it's not going to hurt you. So he did that, and... I think it was like six months later, the tumors were gone and she went back to the doctor and they were in shock. And they said, what, what did you do? And it wasn't just the, the frog medicine. I, um, there's another herb. It's called Uña de Gato. Uña de Gato. Yeah. Cat's claw. That's really good. And I think she drank that tea as well. Um, a combination of different things. So he was able to cure her. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, those are just one of many things that I know, you know, because the, um, Eastern medicine is so disrespected by the West and it's so, um, and there are people who quote unquote are woke or whatever, or, you know, they, they, they believe in that stuff, but it's not enough people They just here in, in the West, I was going to say in America, I'm not in America right now, but in the West, those things are just, they're called, they're fringe. They're like, that's not going to help you plant eating better. What are you crazy? I mean, sugar is a poison. Let me drink this Coke. And that's what we're doing to ourselves in the society is 
if all this COVID stuff was really about your health, if it really was, then why aren't these food poisons being banned in, in supermarkets? Why is why is Coke still on the shelves? <laughs> That's one of the biggest poisons ever. You know, my, I know people who have suffered diabetes and died because they used to drink Cokes 10 times a day. You know, and other foods and other processed foods. And they had horrible diets. And they had a, they had a horrible endings to their lives because they suffered, you know. And then you see like these people in China or Japan that live to be like 112 years old. And you're like, and they look, and they're really in perfect health. They probably just died because they're like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> um, but they live such a long time. Not that I would want to live a long time here on this planet anyway, but I'm just saying like, why don't people look at that? Why don't, why aren't there studies done about this, you know, in the major universities? And if they are, the studies are, you know, they're put in the back and they're, they're hard to find or they're, I don't know, because you have to do these peer reviews and things like that. And, and it goes through this whole process and it takes a lot of money to do that. And again, there's no money in, in these things or psychedelics or, you know, anything like that, because these are the cures and meditation, you know, just being a fucking good person <laughs> is helpful. But, um, in conclusion, I just kind of wanted to, oh, hello. I wanted to, um, talk about these things because, um, I, I don't want to get political or anything like that. That's not my intention. I actually don't affiliate or subscribe to any political parties or anything like that. I, I, don't believe in that stuff. I don't subscribe, just like I don't subscribe to one religion. I, you know, I like a little bit of all different kinds of religions, but I don't subscribe to one. It's kind of the same way in politics with politics. Like I, I step back and I'm like, I don't like you. I don't like you. Maybe that's all right. But you know, I you can't trust anybody. I don't think you have to only kind of, strive to be a good person and make good choices for yourself. And if those good choices are good, it's a little domino effect, you know? Um, but the reason also besides the father's day thing is <clears throat> I want to, as soon as I get that audio, I do want to spread some of the wisdom of my dad. Cause he was, he was a tough cookie, but he was, extremely wise, well-read. Um, he saw a lot of things. He was an honorable man. He never told a lie. He always kept his word. I mean, that kind of guy, right? And he had very high, high standards for himself. And, um, I, I don't know. I think, I think, um, he was, he was a great person, at least one of the greatest people <clears throat> that I had had the privilege to know. And I, and he had a positive message. You know, he was, he was a, a difficult person. And when we were growing up, he was very strict and it wasn't always easy living in that household, but when I listen to things like that and I see him outside of being his daughter from a different perspective, I appreciate that more. And I think that if he was strict or away with a certain way with us, it was because, you know, out of fear, because love, love has a way of imposing fear in people. 
right? You do think you, you love someone and you fear for every second of their life, right? Um, but I, I do believe he had a very positive message and I would like to share that with you. And I would also like to say thank you so much for listening. We are, I am broadcasting on a different platform now instead of my website. Um, my website will still be there, but we are, I say we, I am, um, new platform is on anchor, anchor anchor.fm. And I am still on, uh, iTunes and Spotify, and there will be opportunities to be on other different platforms. Um, so I hope that you listen and I hope that I offered some kind of something for you. And if you feel as lonely as sometimes I feel, or as hopeless as sometimes I feel, maybe we can just either feel that way together or (laughs) try to find the, the solutions to lift ourselves back up. And to not say, not only say, well, we just want to get back to normal, but to say, how can I change? How can, how did these 18, 19 months being under house arrest, being assaulted every day by news and media of these negative, awful things of our world completely changing? How can we actually learn from this and not get back to normal, but get back to better? better ourselves you know and that's i think that's my goal so thank you for listening um my website is soulfia.com and again you can listen to me on itunes and spotify and if you have any questions or you know want to drop a little line or jesus want to be interviewed on the show if you've got something to say if you're interesting person that's got the answers to all the questions, you can send me an email at admin at sophia.com or you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter. I'm real Sophia on Twitter and I don't have an Instagram, but I mean, I do, I have a personal Instagram, but I don't have a public Sophia Instagram, but I do have a Twitter and that's it. That's all I wanted to talk about today. I love you guys so much. I mean, love is the answer. What did my dad say? You're not worth my hate. Nobody's worth my hate. Everybody's worth my love. All right, I'm just going to use that all the time. Love you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.